This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Uh, but unfortunately, no Micah Richards today. Uh, we're recording this episode on Sunday evening as usual uh, after all the weekend's action and uh, Big Meeks is currently 36,000 feet or so in the sky flying back from uh, Mexico after working out there all week um, I think on a league of their own uh, the good news though is that Alan Shearer is joining me even though he's off um, travelling as well a little golf week just for a change Al? Yeah I got a little weekend off so um, we come away for a little golf tournament Pro-Am North East North West Pro-Am there's 31 teams here so and um, our first day was today we got 85 points best two from four so we sat alright not too bad For, for non-golfers that's a stable for format where you get points for however you do on the whole um, yeah, I, yeah I've had a busy week I went to the Ballon d'Or I haven't seen you since then um, Alan, which was, it was great. How actually. was it? It was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I think, I mean, the ceremony's a bit long, drags on a little bit, but boy, everybody goes to that. I mean, they were all there. Um, and all it was. There. All the big hitters were there. Yeah, yeah. Your boys were there with you as yeah. well, weren't they? Yeah, all four of them came. Um, and I mean, they absolutely loved it. They were sitting sort of four or five rows behind Mbappe and Messi and Bellingham. <laughs> and, Various Manchester City players, including uh, Erling Haaland, of course, and um, there were so many people there. Um, it was great. I really enjoyed it, um, actually. And, um, and Messi gets his eighth, eighth Ballon d'Or. I mean, eight. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh my god! I mean, what was the what was the feeling like, Gary, in the room when when he won it? Because. I mean, it, it is incredibly harsh on Erling Haaland, mm. isn't it? Who, uh, I mean. He couldn't have done any more. The treble, top scorer. I mean, what he just had an unbelievable season. What was it? I mean, it was no surprise because everyone knew that Messi the World Cup. And but so it's, do you think it's a bit harsh on um, Haaland? I, I suppose so. I mean, he had an extraordinary season, didn't he? But you know, the, I, when you mm. say the best footballer, I mean, Erling obviously won the award for the top goal scorer in in, um, in the yeah. major leagues, which was. Um, 
thoroughly deserved and obviously it's not but the, you know the journalists vote for it I suppose the thing is that they did say before the World Cup that that would be taken um, into account and you know if it had happened this year just before the vote there wouldn't have been one single person saying he shouldn't win it um, but the fact is because it's quite a while ago almost a year now that perhaps people forgot but now in the room I think um, I mean you know footballers we all know that how much better it, I think I saw Pep say before when he was asked about Haaland's chances of winning, he said, well, something along the lines of, well, if Messi's playing, then Messi should win it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, you can understand the argument given the amount of goals that, that he scored. But um, but that yeah. World Cup was, I mean, something else, wasn't it? When we, were, we saw pretty much all of his games, didn't we? Yeah, we, we actually did. So we were in, uh, in a very lucky position to uh, to have watched all of that. I mean, and we would go back to that final, don't we? It was just, oh my God, it was fucking unbelievable. It was, wasn't it? It was just, it was the best ever, wasn't it? That game and how it how it all turned out and his performance and everything else was just ridiculous. I think that game will probably be remembered as as not necessarily the greatest game, although it, you know, it, it was to a degree, certainly the extra time, but probably the most famous game. I've always argued that before that game, it would probably have been the hand of God game because not only did you have yeah, that yeah. that decision, the hand of God, but you also had mm. probably the greatest goal ever scored, um, certainly in a World yeah. Cup. And the circumstances and and everything else, quarter final of a World Cup, but this was a final of a World Cup where you it was kind of highlighted, wasn't it, as Messi versus Mbappe, and normally in those things that doesn't really happen but it, it, it was I mean imagine scoring a hat-trick in a World <laughs> yeah. Cup final and not be on the winning side I know and not, and not being the winner I mean my god it's incredible yeah yeah it was it was unbelievable yeah yeah I get it why he's won it yeah so congratulations to uh, Lionel Messi um, yeah eight Palon d'Ors um, which is <laughs> extraordinary um, I, I presume even though you as particularly as you were there with a lot of Geordies that you you, you watched the Arsenal Newcastle game um, yesterday, there's been a little bit of a furore about it, particularly concerned. Um, Mikel Arteta's kicked off. He had a rant after the game. It's now been supported by a statement from Arsenal that they support every word that he said and um, had a real attack on the PGMOL. What do you think, as a Newcastle man? But well, I was uh, I was I was in a bar with um, <laughs> with another eleven Geordies. And there was one Arsenal supporter with us. He's a good friend of ours. He's a pro over here in, uh, in in Portugal. And of course, you can imagine the stick that he was uh, that he was getting towards the uh, towards <laughs> the end of the game. He was um, <laughs> he was as angry as every other Arsenal fan. I think. Um, Do they have a point? But I, I was I was really surprised at Arsenal's statement today because mm. let's let's look at the uh, let's look at the decisions first of all before I start any of this. Mm-hmm. I actually said to my pals yesterday, I get the feeling and there was nothing going to change my mind that I think that referee, the game was too big for that referee. I thought he had a really poor game. I thought there were so many poor decisions in yeah. the, uh, in, in that game. And when that happens, players, players get angry, players get upset. And yeah, it was, I just thought it was a poor performance from him. He made some really strange decisions, but the big decision, the goal. Oh, the big talking point of the game was obviously the goal. So, I mean, I I, I don't get their their gripe with what they're on about mm. because we can't have a go at VAR for it. We, we we're quick to 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 hammer VAR because 
We know that what it was brought in for. We know how many poor decisions there have been this season. Um, so, but let's if you go through every step, the ball out. There's no conclusive evidence to say the ball was actually out. So the goal was given. Yeah, there wasn't a camera on the on on that on the goal line, no. was there? Which you know there that's is. Right. Obviously, they have they have the automated thing for whether the goal's over the line or not. But that's different. But in terms yeah. of wide areas and whether the ball's out of play or not. I mean, it was, exactly. it was, obviously, it was very close. I mean, you could, uh, one well, angle Well, remember shot, in the World Cup, guys? Exactly. Um, remember in the World Japan. Cup, we were sat, we were sat mm. together watching that, uh, watching that game. We all went, oh my God, that ball's out. Yep. And then because they, they showed an angle of it, it actually, uh, it actually wasn't. So it was a very similar thing to what happened to that yesterday. So that, and there was no conclusive evidence to say that was out. So that's the first thing. They can't, um, they can't deny that. Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm just watching the Liverpool game and Luton have just scored. Ah, well, <laughs> that's, that would be an amazing result for there them. I mean, I've been watching it and obviously... Oh, have... my word. Incredible. Unbelievable. Sorry. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> well, There's no conclusive evidence to say the ball was out. Yeah. The ball then comes into the, uh, into the box. I've spoken to, I don't know, 30 or 40 people today, of which half of them would have said they thought it was a foul. No, mm. no. Yeah. Half of them have said it was a foul. Half of them said it wasn't a foul. Yeah. So to me, that that tells me that that is not an absolute howler. No, it wasn't. I agree which with you. VAR was given, the on-field decision was no foul. So therefore, they can't go back on that, in my opinion. And then the offside. I mean, it didn't look offside. As you know, I will I will tell it how it is, even with Newcastle. I said it last week. They got lucky last week when they got given a penalty. I didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was a terrible decision. Everyone else thought it was a ter- terrible decision as well. And I'll tell it how it is. And I just I just don't get their moaning because there was nothing to suggest in any of those decisions. The ball crossing the line. The foul allegedly, or the offside, let's say, there's an absolute howler there because all the, all the decisions on the field were goal. I listened to Mikel Arteta after the game. He was obviously very angry. I get that, I understand, because you're in the throw of things after the game. It's very emotional. It's very hard. I've been in that position myself. You're very angry. I didn't once hear him say that... Uh, Kai Havertz should have been sent off, by the way. That was definitely an amber, very close to a red, wasn't it? When I read Arsenal's statement today, I didn't hear them mention Mm. that Kai Havertz didn't get sent off and perhaps should have. Well, in my opinion, it should have been a red card. Bruno Gamera's got very lucky because that Mm. could have and probably should have been a red card. So when you put all that together, then, Mm. yeah, I thought thought the standard of the refereeing, apart other than the goal, I I thought it was... Too big a game for him, and he, he didn't. I don't think he handled the situation very well at all. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mikel Arteta was very emotional at the, at the end of the game, and and he was ranting yeah. on. He, he he said he was ashamed. He said it's embarrassing. He said it was a disgrace. Yeah. Um, I sometimes think. I mean, we're we're always critical sometimes of referees, but I think you've got to be a little bit careful with inflammatory um, mm. language because you know we all make mistakes. Um, we, you know, we miss chances. Um, you know, players make yeah. errors. Um, managers pick the wrong players occasionally. Um, if the referee made mistakes in the game, which he, he probably did, um, that will happen. It's you know, you get human error. Do you think the problem is perhaps exacerbated now because VAR is there, and therefore, you know, managers and players will, will 
and and probably even referees will think this you know that this could bail me out and get me out of trouble so all of a sudden there's there's more venom perhaps than there would have been if there'd been no VAR and the referee'd have just given that goal then everyone would have got onto it but obviously in terms of television you always look at at, at decisions and we might say it was a it was a mistake or or it wasn't or you make a decision on that but the fact that then it yeah. goes to VAR people are going well how can you you know, still be sure. But the truth is it still comes down, particularly with tight decisions like that, to human error. Now, in, in a sport like cricket, where um, it's probably a lot easier because, you know, that everything is in line and you're giving LBW decisions. But, but when it's really, really tight, they do the same thing. They call it umpire's call. So if the ball's, you know, say an LBW, for, for example, if the ball moves a little bit and it, and then you've got, the tracking device and if it hits the outside of yeah. the stumps they, and he's not giving it out then they stick with the on-field decision um, which was very much the case in, in these circumstances and um, you know we've always said we don't want VAR uh, re-refereeing the game but you know inevitably they will still make mistakes because it's still human beings looking at it Did you see Mikel Arteta's comments after the they got a decision um, that went for them against Liverpool? <laughs> the aired on social media today when he said we have to understand and we have to support our referees they're humans <laughs> they will make errors and we have to support them <laughs> I think managers managers obviously under a lot of pressure and um, yeah. I mean I've, I've been in this business for you know the TV side of things forever and the amount of times because obviously on match of the day we usually we get both managers opinions and if you get a certain decision I mean, 99% of the time, the manager that the decision's gone for will go, yep, I think that's right. And 99% yeah. of the time, yeah, exactly. the opposition manager goes, no, they're wrong. In this. <laughs> so it, I it, get it. it. I've been, yeah. I've, honestly, Gary, I've been in that position. I, I felt as if, I felt as if when I was the manager in Newcastle, we were robbed of that decision, that game against Fulham at St. James's Park. I was as angry as, a, as I've ever been when that decision went against us a goal was given to so I get I get how hard it is and I get that the manager's trying to make his point etc but yeah I just I just can't I can't agree with them um, with what was what was said last night after the game and Arsenal's statement today having said that you know Howard Webb will never say this but I reckon and certainly my opinion is that we've got the best football, we've got the best stadiums, the best managers, the best coaches, the best atmospheres, best but every we've got the best of everything in our in our country, but we haven't got the best referees. Unfortunately, this the pool of referees that we have at this moment in time, I just think this that they're they're not good enough. Um it's a difficult job. I know I understand all of that and it's they're in a no-win situation at times, and but I don't think they're a good pool of referees, and I think they're worse now because of VAR than they've ever been. On that, I would say I think a lot of countries would probably say the same thing. Now, we what I think it can get a little bit um, clouded in, in in terms of judging referees how good they are in each country, because um, generally when we see foreign referees, they're refereeing a Champions League game or they're refereeing a World Cup match or a, or a big qualifier, but they are the, they are be the best referees from each country. 
So, you, you know, you, so you perhaps think, Christ, they're much better in, in Germany, but that's probably their best referee. But I'm sure once you get down, have they got a pool of, you know, 20 or 30 referees that are at that level? But um, it's, it, I have to say, though, for referees, it's a thankless task. It, it really is. No, it is. And, and I mean, yeah, where, I mean, where do you, where do they, what do you, I know Howard's trying his best. I know what he's trying to do in terms mm. of the communication and everything else. And he's trying to improve it. But there's been so many mistakes, the clear, Mistakes that and and th- which they've certain obviously admitted to and but yesterday I thought it was a poor day for the referee but I don't understand the the argument that it should have been and the hate towards that towards the goal because there was nothing clear and obvious in any of those decisions for him to disallow the goal and I'm, I would I would say the same if it, w- it was when against Newcastle as you know I would I think perhaps um, a manager that, that that perhaps I would have more reason to have a real <laughs> real groan would be Gary O'Neill um, who yeah, just bit, I mean yeah. it was well, remarkable the, the decision yesterday Sheffield United and you know good luck to them and they played really well but the decision that was given in the whatever hundredth minute um, the, the penalty was almost identical to the one that Newcastle got the week before against um, Wolves. Yeah. Did you think it was a pen? No, no. I mean, it was exactly the same. The guy thought he saw him, he put his leg across, so he stubbed his foot into the ground and he stopped before. Yeah. And it was, no, it was definitely not nowhere near yeah. a penalty. Um, so Agreed. But, I know. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, Gary, Gary's, uh, Gary's had a rant as well and he he, he said it's the, the standard of refereeing's poor and I get, I get him again because they've been on the back end of what? Three Awful decisions now, which have yeah. cost them massively this uh, this season. So I totally understand his frustration. Yeah, certainly. Um, Manchester City go marching on. Um, Jeremy Doku's mm. um, settled in very quickly. He's fifty odd million um, from Stad Ren. Oh. Um, he's he gives them he gives them something else, doesn't he? He's a, a different kind of player than they've had before. He's an out oh. and out jinky little he's, winger, uh, isn't he? He's full of tricks, isn't he? So many tricks and skills and everything else. And was it four assists? It was yesterday. Four assists and a goal, yeah. Four assists and a goal. It was unbelievable. Um, it was it was an unbelievable performance. A very good goal, um, and the way he uh, the way he set them up as well was just amazing. Another addition to their already fantastic squad. Absolutely. Um, Manchester United was a big win for them uh, at the weekend. Uh, it, they struggled again, didn't they? And um, Fulham made about six, seven errors in, in the build-up to that to that Bruno Fernandes goal. But that you know, sometimes those little moments yeah. can just get you going on some kind of run and and restore a little bit of confidence, which is clearly missing at the moment. I just think you know, for them, for them yesterday, guys, I just think it wasn't at all about performance. Everything mattered on the result yesterday mm. um, because you can imagine what it would have been like, even if that had drawn, if that, if that had stayed nil-nil, you could still imagine the criticism. So everything was about result for Manchester United yesterday. So for them to to get that win um, was huge for them. And you never know. I mean, it doesn't automatically make them a good team. I don't think they are. They're not an, a, an exciting team to watch. But... You just never know in football. With one result, attitudes might change, confidence might uh, might change. So it was a huge result for them, massive. The ongoing off the field problems uh, seemed to persist, though, didn't they? Because um, obviously Marcus uh, Rashford was um, was ticked off um, for going on a night out. I think it was his birthday celebrations yeah. um, following um, the defeat. 
and that was deemed as uh, unacceptable, I think, the words of um, Eric Ten Hag. So it's just another Daft. little thing. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But if, you, if, you've got a birth, if you've got a birthday and it's after the game and you've already got it all planned and it's... it's I mean, footballers are you know, the human beings. You, you don't know whether you're going to win that game or you're going to lose that game. I mean, you're, sh you're shaking your head there, Alan. It's, is there no... You, do, you think Rashford's wrong, out of order? Yeah, absolutely. I don't care if it's your birthday on a Saturday night. If you've been dumped 3-0 and it's a terrible performance, you've got to read the room. The number of times that I've that, that happened to me to say, well, we had a dinner planned or we had this planned or and we've been beaten on a Saturday night, I said, I'm, I'm, I can't go out. I'm not going out. You cancelled. Yeah. Like, you, you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't go into town, into a nightclub, on the night you've just been dumped three nil off your off your neighbours, it's it's just you can't do it. It's just a no no. So yeah, it was daft and it was stupid um, for Marcus to uh, to do that, whether it's your birthday or not. You just can't you can't go out after you've been battered. I can't ever remember changing changing plans if for something. Um, like that, although I didn't really go. Well, because you were just big fucking party boy, weren't you? Eh? <laughs> Oddly, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd certainly go out for dinner regardless. Um, that's, I mean, you know, din dinner, dinner's, dinner's different. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're going out into a restaurant, I mean, you, there's an excuse to say, well, I'm just going out with the missus or yeah. whoever it may be. But going into a nightclub is, no, you can't, you can't do that. Not when you've been beaten 3 0 off your neighbours. It's a no no. Right. Cancel. Cancel. Okay, Alan disapproves. Let's take a break. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker. Uh, I've got uh, Alan Shearer here. Uh, Mike has uh, not landed yet from um, Mexico, I, <laughs> I, I believe. And yeah. um, during our very short break, um, Liverpool equalised, um, Alan, and it was um, Luis Diaz. And obviously he's been through a, Whoa, a dreadful no. time. He's still going through it. But apparently the negotiations are going well to, to get his father released, who was 
who mm. was um, kidnapped um, and he's, he scored the goal, lifted up his shirt with a, a message, um, para papa, which means yeah. for dad. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, amazing. We got still, it's still going now, Gary. It's in mm. the 90, just about in, in the 98th minute now and he scored in the 95th minute, Luis Diaz, the equaliser to get it to, uh, to get it one one all, it was a. I mean, he climbed really well at that uh, at that far post, and, and Jurgen Klopp didn't. He said before the game he was going to leave it up to him as to whether he uh, he was able to um, to to play or not. And he's come on as a substitute, and he's. Uh, it looks as if he's earned his team a point, mm. um, but yeah, there's about thirty seconds left. So it was a really good header at the far post as well. A good crossing, and he climbed above the defender. It might have taken a little deflection off the uh, off the defender, mm. but. Uh, Good for him. I mean, it's so. Oh. I don't know. I don't know how you can get your head around to go out and actually play a game when he's gone through or going through what what he what he is. Um, I think sometimes though, with with football, when you, you're going through something, I mean, it's hard to imagine how dreadful that is. But you know, even when my my son George was was seriously ill, the football was almost an escape. You know, training yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, playing yeah. a game was the one time that you could actually get that kind of situation out of your mind. Um, and I'm sure um, yeah. both Jurgen Klopp, his management team, and the players have been incredibly uh, supportive. And uh, it's a lovely little story, um, as long, of course, as um, he, he, his dad's released. And um, absolutely, fingers crossed on that one. Fingers what? crossed. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. While we're on. Um, South American territory. Um, I watched the Copa Libertadores um, uh, last night and um, Fluminense won it for the first time in their history and um, it was, right. was quite quite the atmosphere. A um, couple of good goals. Yeah, um, guy called John Kennedy, a young Brazilian. Doesn't sound like a Brazilian name, does it? John Kennedy. <laughs> um, he, he scored fairly late on and then um, in, in extra time. And then he, he got his second yellow card for celebrating and he, he was sent off, but they managed to, oh, to, really? to, to stay <laughs> oh, no. on and, and win the game. And um, have, you, have you ever been, have you spent any time in South America? No, it's, um, I mean, we've said it before, haven't we, we have, that um, if you're going to play in, uh, in sort of one derby or go to, to, to a game, then it would, it would certainly be over there because the atmosphere is off the charts over there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely! I remember going to see a, a game Boca Juniors play with with Diego Maradona that I, that I spent before. But it actually, re reminds Did me. Did he go to the game? I, I went to the game with Diego, and he has his own little kind of. Oh my god! He has his own little box there. We he had obviously before before he passed away, and um, his family were all with him, and, and we walked in, and he gets so excited that he was leaning over the like the balcony and his daughter was holding on to him so that he wouldn't he wouldn't fall off um and wow. yeah so i've had you know a few interesting times in in buenos aires it, it actually reminds me because you're on a golf trip it just came into my head that i i think it was about 1996 97 i did a, a documentary series about world cup golden boot winners and it took me all over the world and i i went to Buenos Aires. Now, obviously, Diego didn't win a golden boot. So I was there actually to interview Mario Kempes um, and right, one yeah. or two others as well talking about Kempes. I think Passarella was one of them that I interviewed. And and obviously, was we we tried to talk to Maradona and we'd sort of got an agreement. And I, I went to his house and I was I was told he's he's not in, he's not there. So we don't know when he's coming back. <laughs> so so anyway, so <laughs> I went off and part of the program, I I was going to interview um, 
the former president of Argentina during the time when they won the World Cup in their own country in 1978. President Menem, I believe it, it, it was. And he invited me to play a game of golf. So we arrived there and he's got his friend, President Menem's friend was my partner. And the his golf coach, the, the pro from the shop, was President Menem's partner. So anyway, we had a nice round of golf we're going on. We get to about the eighth, ninth hole and he was, we were talking about my documentary series and he said, well, are you not talking to, to Diego? I went, well, we tried and had it arranged, but it, it didn't really happen. So he said, well, um, hang on a minute. So he picks up his phone and he, he calls Maradona. So he said, oh, I've got Gary here, he wants to do a thing. He said, Diego said, yeah, no problem. We'll do it We'll do it tomorrow night or something. So anyway, I'll come to the end of that part of it shortly. But so we carry on the, the, the rest of the round and we get to the last hole and it's all square. We're on the tee and, and President Menem hits off and then, then the pro hits off. They both go down the fairway. So, so while they're hitting the drives, President Menem's friend comes up to me, who's my partner, and he went, we don't win this hole. I went... I'm sorry, <laughs> what do you mean? He went, no, President Menem doesn't lose. I went, oh, okay. So there was a big load, there was, big, there was water on the left and I thought, crikey, this is a bit weird. But anyway, so I stood on the tee and, and I thought, I better hit it in the water. And then, then as I've got there, <laughs> and I, as, I got, as, as I went to about hit the ball, I went, oh, fuck that. You know, that competitive side, don't sod that. Exactly, and actually a yeah. decent drive, yeah. decent drive down the fairway. And his friend, he's gone like, what are you doing? I went, I, I, I miss it. Here. I was aiming at the one. Yeah. And we do, we got, we, this is absolute, I swear this is true. And then my second shot, I just thought, oh, this is ridiculous. And I hit a shot, I got on the green. And in the end, we halved it in fours. Um, so it was all square. Right. So we didn't beat him. But at the end of the, 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 end of the game, the, the president came over, shook my hand and he went, thank you for not letting me win. That's why he said, really? thank you for not letting oh, me win. Really? So he not probably, letting me yeah, win. Yeah, he's obviously so used to people just throwing it or something. But, you know. <laughs> you, was, might, you might not go out alive no, there if you had a beam yeah. on that last by the uh, way. I, well, I know, I know. <laughs> Foolish, but that competitive, how can you, it's impossible to try and lose, isn't it? You can't do that. So anyway, so the, the following night, we do our filming all day. Nothing from uh, Diego or anyone like that. So I go to my hotel room and it's two o'clock in the morning and the phone rings and I thought, who the hell? And so I picked it up. President Menem's on the phone. He said, I've been speaking to Diego. He said, if you get to so-and-so nightclub for three thirty, four o'clock, he'll speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm thinking my, you know, the crew are in a, and I just thought, nah, no, I'm not. They can imagine a bomb fight in a nightclub trying to get an interview. Uh, absolutely bit, yeah. crazy story but yeah absolutely Brilliant. true absolutely true um, our old friend Harry Kane keeps banging him in Alan uh, another hat trick wow what um, another classica. hat trick yeah oh my god he's, uh, he's absolutely flying but he's not doing anything that we, we knew that he wouldn't do to be honest is he yeah. I mean but it doesn't take anything away from his his, uh, his achievements but my god what he's loving it isn't he he's just obviously settled in very quickly they're a good team. They're creating loads of chances for him. And if they continue, he'll bag a load of goals because he's that good, isn't he? He's great. Thank God he's keep doing it over in Germany, not in England. Yeah, the only, th <laughs> yeah, the only thing is they did. Yeah, good. The only thing is they didn't win um, the, the Super Cup, I think, or whatever it's called, at, at the start of the season. But they're also knocked out of the German Cup in midweek. 
by a like low tier team, one of the yeah, biggest shocks that, yeah. ever in German history. I mean, obviously Harry wasn't part of that, but um, you know that league's tight as well because I don't know whether you've seen, but Bayer Leverkusen, who were managed by um, Xavi Alonso, I mean, he looks like yeah. he's really got something. Brilliant. He did brilliantly last season. Yeah, he's getting rave reviews, isn't he? Uh, mm. And he started his uh, his coaching or managerial career in a really really well. So um, yeah, he'll. Uh, it, it won't be long if he keeps on going before others are starting to look at him if they haven't already and then you never know do you yeah there's, I would think there's every chance um, that you know once Carlo Ancelotti walks away or is pushed out as often yeah. the case at Real Madrid that he might end up there as um, manager and of a certain Jude Bellingham or and, and also there's possibly follow Klopp down the line I don't know if, I mean these things you always do don't it's going to be Gerard because blah 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 but, no, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In yeah. in twelve months' time, that all might uh, that all might change. But it doesn't look like it. It looks as if he's uh, as if he's going to be around for a long time at the top, doesn't it? I think so. Um, as always, we'll um, end with kind of the moment of the um, weekend. Um, it was the FA Cup first round, um, which is um, you always see some entertaining games there. There was there was one match where I think it was Oldershot was seven nil up against at Swindon. And uh, which was remarkable. And then Swindon scored four goals in the last 15, 20 minutes or something, finished 7 4, um, which was remarkable. <laughs> but I, I think um, the moment of the weekend, um, eighth tier Ramsgate, they beat National League Woking 2 1, and they've been drawn against AFC Wimbledon in, in, in the second round. And, um, you know, for a club that's that small, it's a. It's a wonderful moment to actually reach the second round of the um, FA Cup with obviously the possibility who knows of getting through and drawing one of the big boys maybe Newcastle Al you never know I think it's a great time uh, for, for footballers who are not quite at, uh, at Premier League level and playing in non-league level obviously love the uh, love the game um, for, them, for, for them now to be in and around the FA Cup and with a chance of actually, you just never know of getting into that uh, into the third round draw and getting one of the uh, getting one of the big boys. I think it's a great time of the year for uh, for footballers to uh, to actually be in it. We all know what the FA Cup is. You keep fucking reminding me every single year that I've never won it. So Have you never um, won the FA Cup. It's, it's, it's a, oh fuck <laughs> off, will you? <laughs> It's the only thing no, I've got on you. The FA Cup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep reminding me. When's yeah. our first game? It'll be the first week in January. Yeah. Get ready, everyone. It's coming again. Shearer's yeah. never won the FA Cup. <laughs> we'll find we'll find um, a, a way of getting into the script somehow. And if, if about the hundred and fiftieth different different way of doing it, um, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how, uh, golf again tomorrow, Al? It's you know going to win this tournament yeah we got uh, first day was today we got another three days um, so we've had a decent start not a great start but we're, we're, we're in the hunt That's the so long thing. as my team can stay off the drink tonight they might have a decent time getting off because we're off at about 10am tea time so it might be difficult for one or two of them yeah, including you, I... <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alan, well, I wish you well in that and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll speak soon. Um, that's it for today's episode of The Rest is Football. We'll be back on Wednesday with uh, Big Meeks to hear all about his trip to Mexico and, of course, to answer your questions. And thank you uh, once again for sending them in. They're much appreciated and... Um, and all your kind words. We're so thrilled that you're enjoying the podcast. And uh, don't forget on Friday, we've got the second part 
of our exclusive interview with Ballon d'Or and Champions League winner Andriy Shevchenko. Uh, the feedback from you uh, all about the first part of that interview. Um, it was, uh, it was wonderful. Uh, we're really pleased uh, you've been enjoying that. Uh, there's loads of great stuff still to come uh, in the second part, all the drama from Istanbul, of course, and uh, what it was like playing with the likes of Ronaldinho, Maldini and Kaka. Uh, make sure you don't miss it. Uh, we'll see you soon. Um, bye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a good week.